Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good afternoon, everybody. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, Dalton Stanford with the Tuesday edition of the Eagle Hour from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us again, Kelly. You, seeing you every day now. You actually didn't include... Esquire. Yeah, you forgot <laughs> that. It's part of his contract now. Dalton yeah, that's Stanford exactly. Esquire. That's why he's looking at me that way. Yeah. It? Yeah, I can see. Okay. <laughs> Esquire, I apologize. Oh, it's fine. Dalton Stanford Esquire. There you uh, go. Producing the show here from the First Bank... <laughs> studios in Hattiesburg. Chloe Tedder is a track and field athlete. She's going to be on the show with us a little later. Joey Hawkins, a uh, retired uh, championship football and track and field coach himself, uh, going to be talking to us a little later about high school football uh, all through the state of Mississippi and how early these kids start and how long the season has become, Kelly. Yeah, if, if you're playing, if you're fortunate enough in the public schools to be playing for a state championship, you're, you're about Three weeks short of Christmas, you know, playing for a state title, and they start their games like the third week in August. Yeah. So, uh, and and that brings that brings up some problems, you know, right. throughout the calendar. So, so we look forward to those conversations. Opening segment of the show is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, uh, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss. You know, catering is a big business, and uh, with summer weddings taking place. Uh, with summer family reunions taking place, with all sorts of activities that we all enjoy during the summer. Dickie's stands ready to cater those events for you. They've got a great uh, catering menu that you can choose from. Uh, they can, you know, large, small, really doesn't matter. Uh, they can accommodate you a, a variety of their delicious foods. And, uh, Kelly, uh, anytime you go to an event that's catered by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, you're in pretty good shape. It's interesting, too, because and we've mentioned this on the show, and not to beat this dead horse, but we're getting into fantasy football season. Guys are getting ready for their fantasy drafts, you know, coming up and, and – uh, and, and a couple of guys have told me, they said, you know, I never would have thought to have Dickies cater our uh, fantasy football draft. So uh, there, a lot of guys are availing them so they can focus on, you know, who's going to get Joe Mixon in the first round. Right. You know, so right. <laughs> let's right. not worry about the food. Let's worry about the draft. Right. And they can take care of that for you. Well, they will take care of it for you. We want to thank Dickie's uh, Barbecue Pit for their support of the show. All right, we're going to get to the guests, but we want to talk a little football here in the first segment. Uh, picked up some articles uh, overnight, Kelly, that were pretty interesting to me. There's a a ranking of, of Conference USA football coaches that has been compiled by College Football News. And then, of course, the traditional predict projections of who's going to finish where in the conference by Athlon. But I wanted to run these by and get your input. I, wanted, I want to go to the, uh, to the College Football News uh, rankings first. I thought it was pretty unusual. They ranked the college, the, the Conference USA football coaches – based on the success they've had in their programs since they've been in the conference and, and what they predict that they would do this year. So we're going to start with the top five. And uh, 
the fifth-ranked coach, according to uh, college football, is, you feel free to comment on any of these coaches, would be Doc Holliday for Marshall. And that's number five? Right. Well, I, I would think that he would be, just from a consistency standpoint, I would think that Doc Holliday would be higher than that because year in and year out, the thundering herd is, is in the mix. Right. You know, it's, and, and to me, a sign of a coach is consistency. No, no, none of this, you know, two or three great teams and then rebuild for three years, right? It's consistency. And, and I don't think, uh, and, I, and if, if I'm not mistaken, Doc Holliday is also the longest tenured coach. Right. In Conference USA. So that speaks right. well. So I'm a little surprised. I would have ranked him higher than that. Number four, Skip Holtz of Louisiana Tech. I think a lot of that is his name. And the he's, fact always, he's always getting credit for something. Because he? his dad, of course, yeah. was Lou Holtz. And uh, uh, now, I'll say this. You know, we talk about how, how our budget ranks, the Southern Miss budget of all Division One schools is at or near the bottom. Louisiana Tech's right there with us. Right. So I think Tech does a really good job, too, for you know, bang for the buck as far as budget goes. Next year, going to surprise you a little bit. According to College Football News, the third best coach in Conference USA right now is Butch Davis at Florida International. Name again, big big name. You know, for coached at Miami and has some NFL experience with the Browns. I think a lot of these guys ride their own coattails for a long time. You know, but it's really what he had done for me lately, and I don't, you know, nothing special right. necessarily. Number two, according to College Football News, Lane Kiffin at Florida Atlantic. There again, you know, Lane Kiffin at USC at Tennessee uh, has big, big time college coaching experience behind him. But uh, Alabama, you know, anybody, anybody can have a flash in the pan year. Right. And so that goes back to the Doc Holiday point again. Number one coach in Conference USA, according to College Football News, Bill Clark at UAB. Uh, I can see that, but I'd like to see more. You know, they had a great year last year, of course. And now, all of a sudden, they're the fair-haired boy. Everybody, right. you know, when right. new conferences are expanding, UAB. This year will tell a lot about it. It will. It right. will, because they lost a ton of guys. Right. All right. In the middle of the pack, number eight is Jay Hopson of Southern Miss. And let me tell you what they, what they say about him. This is college football news. Has overseen sputtering offensive teams, unsettled at quarterback, bad offensive lines, and good running backs, but nowhere to run the football. Well, I'd say that was pretty accurate the last last couple of years. But but by all indications, by people who don't have any skin in the game, who have been following the Southern Miss progression, this might be that turn-the-corner year well, we'll for see. Southern Miss. Because defensively, all the things are in place. Providing injury, which you never have any control over. So, but, and, and to me, that's the more important side of the ball, is the defense. Okay, so with the offensive line now having some miles on their tires and uh, a receiving core that's pretty much back intact, Quez Watkins is going to be a question. But I like I like where the offense is set to go this year. Let's let's hope it happens. All right. Meanwhile, Athlon magazine uh, goes ahead and predicts how how the teams are going to finish this fall when football kicks off. What I found interesting was they said the hardest team in the league to evaluate in 2019, Southern Miss. Because of those, those very same factors. Right. You know, again, I, I, and if, I think if they were more specific, they would point directly at the offense. Right. Because there's been offensive coordinator turnovers. You know, the, the line was inexperienced. This is almost, uh, you know, almost a, a different look. You know, so it, so it, is, hard to, it is hard to put your finger on uh, – the offensive side of the ball more than the defensive side. 
Athlon predicts Marshall to win the uh, the Eastern Division, followed by Florida International, Florida Atlantic, Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky. They've really fallen. Charlotte and Old Dominion. And what jumps out at me there? They re- these these publications really like Florida International this year. And the second thing that jumps out at me is how far Western Kentucky has fallen in the last three years. And if you look at the Western Division, where North Texas, the Mean Green, I guess, is projected to to win the West or Southern Miss, you could you know either one. Uh, and let's hope that it's it's the black and gold. But interesting to me when we we're looking at that stuff, Bob, is the only team from Texas that's getting any love at all is North Texas. Right. And when you think of college football, for us as a state, normally you'd think Texas is. The hotbed yeah. of football, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But but according to these publications, North Texas is the only team worth a flip. When you t- you know Rice, they said is going to stink. UTEP is terrible. UT San Antonio, Coach Wilson there is in trouble. All right, already, and they haven't even played a game. So if you're not North Texas, you're about the only school in Texas worth a flip, according to these publications. Well, it's funny you say that. Uh, Athlon predicts North Texas to win the Western Division of the conference. Southern Miss to finish second. UAB to finish third. Louisiana Tech fourth. Then come the Texas schools. There you Texas, go. San Antonio, they predict a three-win season. El Paso, they predict a one-win season. Rice, they predict a one-win season. I wouldn't want to take on Rice in an ACT test. But. No, that's, that's another, uh, that's another uh, category. They won that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they would win hands down in the league. All right. So the championship game, according to Athlon, will be Marshall over North Texas. They're predicting Marshall to win the whole kit and caboodle. If it is Marshall on the east side and it's us on the west, I like our chances because Marshall is one of those teams that we always match up well against for some reason. We do well against Marshall. Now, UAB is a different story. Right. right? There have been years when UAB has been just deplorable and we couldn't hang with them. You know, <laughs> right. sometimes these matchups you just can't figure out. And UAB has always been a thorn in our side. Yeah. You know, but but if it comes down to Southern Miss and Marshall, I like our chances. Biggest surprise I see here is that they're picking Florida International to do so well to finish second. Actually, they they show them with the same record uh, as Marshall, uh, and they look for Marshall to this to be a big rebound year for the Thundering Herd. Well, how big of a rebound is it when they're when they're pretty much in the shuffle every year? Mm-hmm. You know, the, with the, to use the word rebound to me is a little is a little strong because since Doc's been there, they really haven't been uh, really haven't had any bad seasons. And you know what all this means? Not a flip, <laughs> <laughs> Jack. Whatever, right? Uh, Chloe Tedder is a track and field athlete who just finished her career at Southern Miss. She runs the 5,000 meters, much like my buddy Kelly here does uh, in his spare time. I drive the 5,000 meters. And she's next on the Eagle Hour. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
Welcome back, everybody. Glad you're with us this afternoon. This segment of the show is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. They're located on Hardy Street. I guarantee you they're gathering up uh, lots of good summer Southern Miss clothing right now. Football shirts, undoubtedly. Volleyball, that sort of thing. Fall sports. Uh, we'll be back very soon. Uh, if you're not around the area, you can always uh, make your selections at CampusBookmart.net, and they will deliver it right to your front door. All right, uh, Esquire still trying to uh, find Chloe Tedder. Uh, and as we continue to try to do that, some more news uh, that really came out yesterday, Kelly, that I wanted to uh, discuss with you. And for the first time ever, seemed kind of odd that they'd never had this before, but uh, Conference USA has never had a Hall of Fame. I found that interesting as well. Yeah, until until this week. And so they made the inaugural uh, class public, and there were three people that came from Southern Miss that go into the Conference USA Hall of Fame, and I wanted to talk just a little bit about those. And it starts, we'll go back uh, with an athlete, Courtney Blades, now Courtney Blades Rogers, played softball here from 99 to 2000, was a two-time first-team All-American, was the first Division One player to record 600 strikeouts in a season, and finished her career as a Division One all-time, all-time leader in strikeouts and took Southern Miss well into the College World Series. When they, when they make these decisions, we're not talking about just Southern Miss now. You're talking about notoriety for the entire conference. And I think the three nominees or inductees, if you will, uh, for Conference USA from Southern Miss were all excellent choices. You know, And Courtney Blades, uh, I don't even necessarily think it's arguable. I think she is, is clearly... The best softball player to ever, ever play at Southern Miss. Maybe ever. No, I'm, I'm saying. No, I, I'm saying, though, she may be right up there as one of. Uh, oh, you're talking about compared nationally, not just Conference USA or, or Southern Miss. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, that would be arguable, but uh, but certainly in our neck of the woods and in the conference, uh, she she put not only Southern Miss softball on the map, but uh, yeah, I think I think that's an excellent choice. The fastest woman in the world, Tori Bowie, makes that list. Who who put Southern Miss on on the map as well because of the the national meets that she won and and, and on the Olympic team. Um, you know, I mean that that seems to be the pinnacle of any track and field athlete, isn't it? Is yeah. uh, if if you make it to the Olympic team, you know, there's there's no higher place to go th- than that. Well, I will tell you this: I will never forget the night she ran in the four by one hundred meter race and. Uh, she burned it down that track to win the gold medal, help win the gold medal for the United States. It's a mighty proud moment for Southern Miss. And how many, and I don't know what the numbers are, but how many athletes in our country can say they won a gold medal? Not many. Representing, I mean, the Olympics are only once every four years to begin with, right? Uh, and then how about a world championship on top of that? A world championship. <laughs> Doesn't get much better. Fastest woman in the world from Southern Miss, Tori Bowie, uh, makes the uh, inaugural Hall of Fame list, and Jeff Bauer makes it, and uh, we could talk a whole show uh, about Coach Bauer, but he uh, he led Southern Miss to five first-place finishes, three outright championships in 12 years, guided Southern Miss to winning records at all 12 seasons in Conference USA, 10 bowl appearances, Liberty Bowl victories as league champion in 99 and 97, 14 straight winning seasons at USM, three-time CUSA Coach of the Year, CUSA Coach of the Decade, and got pushed out. 
And as you look back on that, and still I, hard to believe. And I don't. And I don't think it's. I don't think anybody that was involved in that. And I don't know exactly everybody that was involved. Probably never will. But I think if everybody looked back at that moment, they would say, "I wish I had a mulligan." Oh yeah, I, I, you think? I, I wish we could have done that, or, or just handled it differently. Right. You know, if if that was inevitable, then you know, could it have been handled differently? Because when you look at Jeff Bauer's career, what what a lot of people didn't talk about, or it wasn't mentioned, was that he had several opportunities oh, during yeah. his tenure at Southern Miss to leave and make a lot more money. You know, the University of Wyoming comes to mind. I know one of the Texas schools. Um, uh, Baylor, I think it was. You know, was. That, yeah. he had, that he had a chance to go to. Um, you know, he had, big, he had connections in the big, what is now the Big 12, because he was the you know, offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. So he had lots of opportunities to leave, but he showed his loyalty, yeah. you know, by staying at, at the university. Graduated 95% of his players. Graduated 95% of his players. And, and, of course, Debbie, his lovely wife, was the captain of the cheerleading squad. Right. It, was, it was a great all-American here's a, here's story. Here's a you know? fair question, a fair observation. You tell me if you agree or disagree, and, you know, fans can have their own opinion. Since, since that happened, I can point to two good football seasons. Fedora's last year. Uh, Which Fedora had, I think most people will tell you now, Fedora had one foot out the door. During, right. You know, midway through that season, and he was ready to with move a on. a lot of Jeff Bowers players, I think it's fair to say. And then, of course, Todd Munkins last year. Point, point to another good year for me, other than those two. Well, are you ba- you're basing it on wins. Well, I guess that's all, pretty much all you can do is, is base it on wins and losses. Give me one. I can't. The, those two, you know. And, and unfortunately, that's the problem when you're contemplating making a change in anything you do. You know, there's the old glass half empty or the glass half full, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, could things be better? Yeah, I guess. But, man, could they be worse. Yeah. And, and we, as a, we, paid, we paid the price for that paid one hire. Price. Paid the price. You know, and, and it's taken how long? I, I don't know that we're, that we're completely, that we have completely recovered, right. you know, from, from that one mistake. So, was Fedora a mistake? No, I don't think so. No, no, I don't. I don't think so at all. And I think he was exactly what the program needed at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he did. And there's that old argument too. Well, we want to hire a guy that's going to stay here that wants to be here. Well, the good news is, is if they stay here, that means nobody else wants them necessarily. You know, I I I have never had a problem with guys getting jobs for more money and you know now munkin munkin's on the cusp now of being a coach in the uh, head coach in the nfl right you know um and fedora brought an offensive scheme that put people in the stands and we need out of coaching now right we we needed that at the time He's out of coaching now right i I think i think for the moment but trust me bob he knows where his next meal's coming from oh yeah he's not hurting (laughs) he probably put some money in the bank you know probably put a little bit in the bank at north carolina yeah so Uh, and and two we talked about coach holiday up at marshall he's he's unusual in today's world there are one or two coach holidays out there the guy at tcu is another example been there a long time but have we seen the end of the day when a coach like jeff bauer 
would have stayed 25 years or or the guy at TCU stays at TCU or coach Holiday stays at Marshall for their career is that day over yes but I, but but not for the reason you think mm-hmm. and here's here's my thought process on that and you can look at Bob Stoops at Oklahoma for an example okay Bob Stoops is a young man the pressures that and and wrongly so the pressures that are on these college football coaches Right. To win. I mean, you lose one game and you come home from the road trip and you got the for sale sign in your front yard and all that kind of stuff. Right. The immense pressure that are on these guys to win. If they if they leave the school, they're usually leaving to go to the house because they just can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what the, that's well, what these guys well, yes, are paid it for. Got to Stoops' health. It did. He stepped down at the top of his game because he began to develop heart problems. Urban Meyer. Right. You know, he had problems still at a young age. You know, went back to Ohio State, but only lasted another couple of years, mm-hmm. you know, before it got to him. It takes a really rare breed of cat that can handle that kind of pressure and have skin that thick. All right. And you got to remember, too, most of these guys are married. Their wives are sitting in the stands and have to listen to this stuff because everybody's got the right answer sitting in the stands, right? And the poor guy's wife is sitting there, mm-hmm. and, and chances are the people sitting around the wife don't even realize that she's the coach's wife. Right. And she's got to sit there and listen to, about people talking about her man. It's the family dynamic, very similar to a police officer. I think you know, the divorce rate with police officers is very high, and it's because of the pressure that is exerted mm-hmm. you know, upon them. So when these guys – and, and the reason that Doc Holliday wants to stay at Marshall – is because of the remote location of the school. It has a little bit more small-town flavor. You're not subjected to the intense stuff that a lot of these other guys are. In so, Norman, Oklahoma. And they realize it. Yeah. They realize it. Scott Berry, I would compare to Doc Holliday. Right. I'd say Scott's been around a long, long time, but, right. but he has the maturity to understand the, the pluses that a small, smaller-town environment affords you that these bigger schools and big-time programs do not. Another coach that undoubtedly has had opportunities to leave. Sure. And has elected to stay. But you understand the value of small-town living, you know. Right. And, and if, you, if, you don't, if you're not cut out for it, those ulcers are going to be there in a heartbeat, right. you know, if, you don't, if you're not cut out for it. Yeah. And I know I'm not. Um, I mean, you had chances to go to big media markets. I had chances to go to, but I appreciated what I have right here and still do to this day. And because of those decisions you and I made, we now have Esquire in our presence every day. Well, but that's part of our prison work release program. But another three months, we can kick him on down the road. He'll be gone. That's (laughs) right. All right. When we come back, we're going to switch gears a little bit, talk about high school football uh, with Joey Hawkins. Uh, no, No better source than that. Eagle Hour continues. And welcome back, everybody. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. Unable to reach Chloe Tatter, so we'll reschedule her at another time. This segment is sponsored by our good buddies at 4th Street Bar and Grill. We really like that place a lot. Great sandwiches, pool tables, Southern Miss memorabilia for days. 
friendly guys and great plate lunches five days a week. Kelly Center, that costs how much money? Eight ninety five, and that includes the drink. And there's also two bar areas. You yeah, know, I mean, the place. Know. Yeah, the place is so big that right. that there's actually kind of two separate big rooms. So you don't if you're if you're in one room, you don't have to walk all the way over to the other one mm-hmm. to to. Have you ever got drunk in both areas on the same night? I don't remember. <laughs> There's a, your answer right there. <laughs> it's a distinct possibility. All right, I would before guess. we move on to our next guest, uh, Esquire, can you remind people where all they can hear the Eagle Hour? Well, uh, right now you can listen to us on our Super Talk network of stations here in Laurel, and I believe one more place, if I, I'm not Hattiesburg, mistaken. Hattiesburg, Macomb, and Greenwood. That's correct. Well, I think they've got uh, that figured out. That yeah, they can I listen think to they it. got that. <laughs> I'm just doing my job. Okay. okay. All, right. all right. But online, you can listen to us on the Super Talk website via Sound cloud or you can listen to us on spotify stitcher the itunes podcast app or on google play music for those on the go so so my son was listening to it the other day on the podcast version in jacksonville florida that would have been where would he have heard that uh, uh i mean any number of places me personally soundcloud I keep is where he heard it that makes so, sense yeah, right right soundcloud is what hosts it on the website for us so right. if you go to the super talk website kelly's very familiar it. with all these platforms oh, no. aren't you kelly when he talks about all the, it's chinese algebra to me <laughs> i have no idea what he's talking about and that's what that's what makes sure i have job security people like kelly correct I'll tell you another great show that we air on Super Talk stations here in South Mississippi on Laurel and Hattiesburg. It's called Inside the Locker Room with uh, Joey Hawkins and Neville Barr, two legendary football coaches. This week and next week, those shows will be aired on Wednesday night as opposed to their normal Thursday night slot uh, due to some political uh, forums that we're conducting here in South Mississippi. So you can tune in uh, Wednesday night this week and next week and hear Inside the Locker Room. And speaking of famous host celebrities, Joy Hawkins, I think, is on the phone. Coach, you with us? Yeah, yes, sir. I don't think I'm as sharp as this Esquire guy, though. I'm, oh, no, 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 no. There are very few. There are very few in the category of Esquire. Oh, thank That's you. what he tells us every day, Coach. But you know him. You deal with him on uh, on your show, don't you? He does a good job except when he falls asleep. Yeah, well, no, you just we'll get you that cattle prod that we use here, and uh, we'll just leave it in the studio. And the next Wednesday night, if he knocks out, you can just pop him up on the ear, and it wakes him up instantly. <laughs> Well, he really does a good job. We've been he does. Work with, we he have. does. Coach, uh, we wanted to let people know about your show uh, being on Wednesday night uh, the next two weeks. But while we have you on the phone, Kelly and I were having a discussion before we went on the air about high school football. And we thought, who better to talk to uh, than, than Coach Hawkins about this? And we're, we're talking about now, Coach, that high school football starts, what, Kelly, the third week of August – and conceivably, you could play through Thanksgiving if you're, uh, you know, if you've got a good team and you're in the state finals. Have we stretched football out too long? Is high school football starting too early? Well, you know that that's been a, a argument for a lot of years. You know, back in the fifties and sixties, nobody played the first game after Labor Day, which you know made it more like a fall deal. Uh, in in the MAIS, you know, the independent schools, they like to finish up before Thanksgiving. So that's why they kind of kept the target of starting late July. Now, both both associations, the MHSAA, they moved back to August 5th starting and the 29th of July for the, you know, for the private school league. So practice, they did move right? Practice starting back practice. Yeah. But okay. it's hot. Look, but let me take it. 
most years, I'm telling you, up until the middle of October, it stayed around the 95-degree heat index every day. So it's just hot down here. You know, you, you may would want to move it back. Um, but, you know, this, you know, everybody works year-round now. It isn't like the old days where, you know, your kids had to work and then they come in, they're not football shape. I mean, it's year-round, so... You know, and the coach is doing a great job of keeping water everywhere. You can get a wa- you can get a water between plays now. So, and you just got to keep a watch on it. When it gets over 100 degrees, like it is today, heat index, you got to be extremely careful. And like I say, 99 percent of coaches. They're trying to do the right thing and keep everybody, you know, well. Jayhawk, the state of Louisiana implemented a rule, and I'm not sure how long ago, but they did implement, they legislated a rule that you cannot play uh, your first game until after Labor Day to try to cut down on some of the heat-related illnesses, sicknesses, and downright deaths. Would you, and, and you're not, you're not you know, coaching anymore, but would you be in favor if Mississippi were to propose such legislation? That would be fine. That would be fine. You know, whatever they think, you know, uh, we've been fortunate in our league. Uh, we've had two or three heat-related illnesses. I think we've had maybe one death. But, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it is scary when you're out there and there's 100-something degrees. But like I say, everybody, we got all the cool, cool, cool clothes now. We've got tons of water breaks. Most schools have a trainer on site. Anybody feels lightheaded, anything, you know, you just try to take care. But I'm telling you, September some years is hotter than July and August. Yes, sir. So it, it's just a, it's a 50-50 deal. What's the right answer? There's not a great one. But moving it back couldn't hurt any. Well, the other, the other argument basketball coaches and baseball coaches will make at the high school level, and mind you, they never say this publicly. They always say it privately. They say, you know, as a basketball coach or a baseball coach, they said it's not fair that football pretty much occupies the entire first semester, right, on the calendar, whereas basketball essentially is shoved into a month and a half, you know, and generally after New Year's, right, and the baseball season is five or six weeks. So they'll argue, why, why should football have a five-month season when basketball and baseball get a month and a half? That's a good point, but uh, the football raises 80% of their budget, too. So that's why it's longer, right? That's I don't why think it's longer. longer but I, I'm not, not, look, what I'm saying is, you know, uh, they start games uh, in late October in basketball now, and they go till the end of February. No, no, and I and I was I tried to, to, to be say that the meat of the schedule. They they will play sporadic games, you know, there in November and in December, right. you know, turn little holiday tournaments and th- but the district games and things like that are all kind of crammed into about a five, six week period. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh but you know, you, you look at uh you know, a lot of the schedules around here, you know, uh the first five games are non district games and then you play like six five to six uh district games in a row. It, it's just a it's rough. Look, there's no uh, exact way or, or great answer. The deal is, hey, you got to tee it up. You want all your kids to be in shape when it starts and just have every safety precaution on the table when it starts. All right, Coach, earlier we were talking about uh, Jeff Bauer going into the uh, Conference USA Hall of Fame, and we were talking about uh, Coach Holiday up at Marshall's about – 20 years now. Of course, Coach Bauer had been here a long time. And we raised this question. Have we seen the end of that era where uh, where many football coaches will stay at the same spot 20, 25 years? 
that's that's about over. There's only a few out there. There's probably ten percent of coaches, you know, in that in that arena. One, I mean, if you look around, the average coach stays at the most three to five years. Most coaches, you've got some of the predominant great ones that that hang on and you know or places, but. No, it's every three to five years. There's going to be a change if everything don't work perfect. Mm-hmm. Why did Why do they not stay like they used to? It used to be pretty commonplace. Well, one reason if you don't if you don't get a conference championship or get the attendance up, they fire you. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, it's just, it's just a fifty fifty deal there. You, you know, you uh, you you want to anchor down, and then some of the assistants move on to different jobs. I mean. David had eight of his ten coaches leave last year. You know, hmm. not, not not this year, but the past year. Right. So he was placing eight coaches and then a bunch this year. People are just on the move. The money's gotten so big in college sports. Um, you know, a guy can go from making $90,000 as a tight end coach and get a Power 5 job and start making five to 600000 It's just gone crazy. So it's hard to keep coaches, keep them involved. If they're really good, they're going to move up the ladder. And uh, but that's why you just you're, you you sit here and you just tip your hat to Jeff Bowen. Some of these guys that's been around a long time. I mean, what Jeff have? How many winning seasons in a row is incredible. Fourteen, yeah. Coach Hawkins, back on the high school front, uh, the National Youth Sports Coaches Association just released uh, some research that said that high school football attendance numbers are markedly down the past two or three years. And I've actually talked to other radio guys who have said they have noticed that. Why? Why anything you put can put your finger on as to why numbers are starting to fall off as far as attendance at high school football games? Well, you know, uh, one thing I, I think I'm right. Uh, some of your larger schools, your six A schools, are kind of in more than one community or in a side community. They used to the hometown. They followed your sports, right? You know, but so many teams are getting so big uh, that that you don't have that hometown feel anymore. I mean, look, look how old pros changed over the last 15 years. Right, uh, right. You know, so there's a, and, and so many people move in and go into good areas and never live there. So a lot of that is, you know, just, uh, you know, it's, it's not a hometown feel. Now, Paddle's still got the hometown feel, but they've gotten so large, you know. Yeah. Okay, right, we got to work that. We got to wrap it up uh, inside the locker room Wednesday night this week and next week on Super Talk Stations in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Thanks, Coach. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Joey Hawkins. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Our thanks to uh, legendary coach Joey Hawkins uh, for joining us. You know, Kelly, not only did he win a lot of football, but he won an enormous number of state championships in track and field. And boy, you talk about a guy, a high energy uh, I, 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 would, I would always kind of make fun of him when I'd run into him and say, Jayhawk, decaf, babe. Right? Decaf <laughs> from now high. on. He's pretty high. 100 miles an hour every day, yeah. All right, so inside the locker room on uh, Super Talk Hattiesburg and Laurel tomorrow night uh, at 6 o'clock. Uh, same thing next week as opposed to their normal 
Thursday night deal. All right, this segment sponsored by Gulfport Home Center, one of the largest manufactured housing dealers in Mississippi, just down the road from the Berg here. They've got a huge selection of pre-manufactured homes, new and used, all sizes, four bedrooms, three bedrooms, two bedrooms, one bedroom. Uh, they have a home for every family that's in the market for a home. And uh, so if you're in that market, we would encourage you to check out their website uh, at uh, Gulfport Home Center com or visit them down on the Gulf Coast Gulfport Home Center. We appreciate their support of the show. All right, so the Conference USA Athletes of the Year were announced uh, this week. Uh, Kelly, Jake Sanford, a baseball player from Western Kentucky, we heard a lot about that kid uh, throughout the year. And Erica Um. Ogmande, pronounce <laughs> no, that see. for me, Kelly. Let's see. That would be Ugwamike. Uguamike. 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 Erica Uguamike. Erica. Erica won the women's athlete. She's a basketball player uh, for Rice University. Nick Sandlin was the uh, conference male athlete of the year last year. He's the only male that's ever won it from Southern Miss. And then Tori Bowie, <laughs> well, not surprisingly, right. won it in uh, 2011, of course, as, as, as on the women's side. So congratulations to those two youngsters. And didn't, and didn't Nick Sandlin, he just got hurt, right? Nick Sandlin has, has been shelved for the year with a yeah. forearm injury. Yeah, and that's, that's too bad. Yeah. That, that has got to be so aggravating. You know, and I think what leads – we talked earlier this week about B.A. Volmuth, you know, leaving his coaching position at Southern Miss to get into the private sector. And Coach Barry, you know, shared with us on the show, he said um, – B.A. just said, you know what, I just – I'm just – I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just want to get on with my life. And these guys, you know, they're – things are going great, and then here comes that injury – well, your son was a college baseball pitcher. You told me last week he reached the same point in his yeah, life. Yeah, had an injured arm and, and, and tried to nurse it back. And, and doctors, everybody did everything they could. But there just comes a time, you know. But it mm-hmm. just drives you nuts, especially when Nick was having a great year. Yeah, yeah. You know? From what I was told, uh, it's not a career-threatening injury, but one that they just didn't want to take any chances with. So I, I'm, I'm assuming they have great rehab people. And, and particularly with the future that he Correct. has. I mean, they, they're right. going to have a lot of money invested in him. And, and um, so I think that's probably a prudent, wise you know, thing to do. Right. Meanwhile, uh, Brian Dozier seems to have really caught on with the Washington Nationals and I think is playing pretty well. Had a lot better run there so far than he had in Los Angeles. Uh, so I guess those would two be the two highest profile professional baseball players from Southern Miss, fair to say. And and the All-Star game, of course, tonight, you know, Justin Verlander of the Astros has has accused Major League Baseball of, of juicing the baseballs, making them more lively. Mm-hmm. And, of course, as a pitcher, uh, you would expect a Verlander to be upset about that because the pitchers are the ones whose numbers will suffer if there are juiced baseballs. But now the, the commissioner has come out and said that is absolutely not true. Right. Um, so we probably haven't heard the end of that. All right, another thing, another announcement we need to make. Uh, we were scheduled to be at Ramey Motors this Friday. That's been moved back a week. Oh, it has? Yes. So we've, uh, we're have we going to go a week from Friday uh, due to, uh, I, I think, just kind of a shortage of personnel. No, I think you probably told them I, I was scheduled to appear. And they said I think they actually, that's the one place <laughs> I think they actually like you. Really? Because there's no food involved. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got, there yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a budget. They don't end up going in the red after we after we leave. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be there next Friday, and okay. then the following Friday we're back at Sully's. We're also uh, – and i got to get with uh, Justin. We're uh, 
the owner of the Dickies Barbecue here. We're scheduled to make a couple of, of appearances at Dickies. Uh, that may be a little closer uh, to football season. You know, what we should do though too is the national, or the uh, the statewide sales tax weekend. You right. know that people get to shop for school clothes and stuff. That's the weekend of the twenty sixth of July and twenty seventh. Right, Dickie's right over there by the mall. You can have lunch and then go do school shopping and whatever you need there to you do. Go. You know there you that, go. that day. There so you go. That's a big weekend, man. The the well, weekend yeah. that people don't have to pay sales tax. School supplies, clothing, clothes, right? Shoes under a hundred dollars, right? Yeah. Heck of a deal. I don't miss yeah. school supplies shopping. I tell you, I don't. I don't miss those days. But uh, but but you know, if you liked school like I did, because like I said, high school seven best years of my life were high school. <laughs> so and and you, hold you, up, wait a minute. When you when you kind of get fired up for school, you know, it, it's kind of neat that you get to go out. You and know, shop. that's funny. You say that. My son Morgan tells me a lot that the seven best years of his life when he was a student here at Southern Miss. See, yeah, he, yeah. we're no dummies. Well. I guess in a sense we're not, but I enjoyed college a lot more than I did high school, honestly, because it's just the way You're that still we in the last. I know that. I'm saying I enjoyed college a lot oh. more than I did high school. Okay. I wasn't very good at either. So <laughs> it didn't really matter to me. All right, uh, you're back tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, uh, that's deal. yeah. Oh, and, wait. Uh, Lucas Aurelius. When does he come back? Luke Johnson. <laughs> I'm really not sure. I think the gladiator battles are still going on somewhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm, he'll be back someday, I'm sure. All right, that wraps it up here for us. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening as we do every day, and we'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock. And until then, Kelly, we say this: Southern Miss to, to the, the top, top, baby. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.